Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the podcast for the 21st century for military spouses, by military spouses, about military spouses and their world. Welcome to another edition of the critically acclaimed, always fresh, never boring, Military Spouse Spouts. Here's your host, Susan Reynolds, and co-host, Dave Etter. Hey, hey, hey. It's you, Susan. Dave. Yes, Dave, ma'am. I love you. But... <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Dave, you're my favorite person next to my husband and my child. Oh, and myself. Well, now that that'll go for. That'll go for. Yeah. <laughs> so, Hi, Dave. So what's <laughs> up, Susan? I haven't talked to you since oh, I don't know what a week ago. Uh, last week. I gotta tell you something. Quick, 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 and then we'll get into who our guest is. Um, I can tell that the healing process is really like kicking into high gear, right? like post-surgery because I hit nine weeks post-surgery on Monday and since I've started walking and swimming again because I'm now able to um, I just physically feel so much better it's very exciting very very exciting <laughs> okay that, I don't know and, although I thought what wait say what you guys go ahead. Say. sorry no. no no go for it I thought okay I thought we were gonna die here this past weekend though because we had a heat advisory all weekend it was seriously 99 degrees both Saturday and Sunday. And we're like, let's go to the pool. Whoa. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Why did it get so hot? I mean, here in Canada, I mean, well, here in Canada, did I call Canada. this place Canada? That's funny. Yes, you no, did. Here in, here in Germany, it's cold. Well, that's so German. That's like a typical German summer. So it's so weird and oh. just ridiculous and. It's crazy. Uh, I am freezing. I am serious. I don't get the German weather. Like some years you have a really great summer, and then some years it's like, what happened? Are we getting ready to have snow in July? Yes. Yes, we are. Sorry about your luck. It is true. Sorry about that. It's to the point now. I mean, it, it finally got up to 65 today. Oh, I would get very stabby with that. I would be very unhappy. It is summer. It's supposed to not be 65 degrees. That's okay in Alaska, but not in Germany. Yeah. Uh, Today, of course, is Wednesday, July 26th. Do you know today is National All or Nothing Day? I don't even know what that means. (laughs) National Coffee, get this, National Coffee Milkshake Day. I can do that. I guess guess you got to go make a milkshake that tastes like coffee. Uh, aunt and Uncle's Day. Oh, and I'm a also... great aunt. <laughs> like I'm fantastic at it. Not like I'm old, like a great aunt. Would, you know what I'm saying? I would make a terrible uncle, though, really. I mean, you know, I could just see it now. Somebody comes up to me and say, you know, my, my, my brother would come up to me and he'd say, all right, Dave, you're the uncle. You get to you get to name the uh, name our new daughter as she, you know, right after she gets born. What do you want to name her? And I'd say Denise. And he'd go, oh, that's I a like pretty that. name. And he yeah, he says, what would you have done if it was a girl, boy? And I said, it's a nephew. <laughs> so terrible. Oh, it's also That's a terrible one boy joke. <laughs> I knew you'd like it. Okay, <laughs> hey, we got a great guest today. We got 
Alexandra yeah. Brown, who is standing by in the wings, and we'll be talking to her in just a minute about cybersecurity, about personal security, about operational security, and all kinds of security dealing with how to keep yourself safe online and elsewhere. Hi, Gay. Yes. Hi. Hi, so, Alex. So but first, we're we need to hear a word from our sponsor, right? We'll do that. We'll do a quick commercial break, and then we'll do. We'll bring in Alex Brown and start chatting with her. So hang on a second. Here we go. Thirty seconds away. When I'm on base, I'm known as Staff Sergeant Cooper. But at home, Daddy, hi, Dad. Daddy, I'm known as Dad, and I wouldn't have it any other way. We know home is at the heart of every military family. That's why we founded Armed Forces Insurance to protect the property of our fellow servicemen and women. Call one eight hundred six three three two zero zero six for a no-obligation auto, home, or renter quote, or visit www.afi.org. At Armed Forces Insurance, our mission is you. All right, we're back, and Susan's standing by. She wants to start chatting with Alex, so I guess go for it. Alex, are you yes, there? Ma'am. Okay. I am. <laughs> I wish you could have seen the look on my face. I actually did one of those leans, like the most interesting man in the world lean, where he leans in, right? I leaned in, but you're not in my house to lean in at. So I, oh, you- I wish you were. <laughs> all Alex, or nothing, Dave. I know. I'm, it's all or nothing. Exactly. It's all or nothing. Um, now I get the meaning. So I'm really excited to have you on the show. We've been talking about this, gosh, for easily six to seven months now, about having you come on and talk about cybersecurity. And actually, I'm going to say this right now. So, again, putting things out in the universe. I'm going to want you to come on on a fairly regular basis to update us on cybersecurity trends and things like that and what we need to be mindful, especially as military spouses. But to me, you are a cybersecurity expert. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, Well, cybersecurity is kind of becoming so commonplace that you're doing it without even realizing it. Um, I work for a consulting firm and go into businesses and various um, entities and really just teach the basics of how to protect yourself and your companies online, um, and I spent probably seven years working with military families, um, showing them just kind of the ins and outs of this is what you don't realize you're putting out there, and this is how it can affect you. So I've kind of become the cyber mom, if you will, um, and mm-hmm. giving people different ways to think about it and really seeing it through the eyes of our adversaries, not how we see it. Oh, wow. Okay, so... Do you remember a few years ago when we had a number of military spouses, either their Twitter accounts were hacked or their cell phones were hacked, and it looked like it was ISIS, right? Do you remember that? Because it went on – I mean, I think CNN even covered it. And some of the people we know. There's been several like that. Yes. Yes. Um, So – Obviously, you know, there are all sorts of scams out there, right? And, I mean, I think the best one I ever saw was when Amy Bouchat from Spouse Buzz and Military.com, she is the editor of Spouse Buzz and writes for Military.com, she wrote this phenomenal piece where her husband's picture had been taken 
from the internet, from online, from you know the the magical world of the web, and his picture was actually being used to scam un, unknowing women across the world, and a and a, and, and another woman reached out to her via Facebook saying, "Hey, I think you may need to look at this. It's pretty hinky what's going on." And it, I mean, and it was a scam. It was seriously. We would know that it was a scam. It was like, I'm trapped in Kuwait. The army won't let me come back. You need to give me money. Right? (laughs) Yeah. 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 So how do we protect ourselves as military family members against that? Well, the big one is to not have military photos as profile pictures, as cover photos, anything that has a public setting, um, because especially on Facebook, you have the opportunity to just download a picture, and the person who owns that picture will never know unless the picture is actually shared. So this is fairly commonplace. Um, I know it's big after balls and everything when everybody's in their dress uniforms and nice pictures and everything. To do that is your profile picture. But what you're doing is you've now highlighted yourself as military, and you've made it very, very easy for criminals and cyber adversaries to pick you out of the crowd. Um, And truly what you need to do is every picture that you upload, assume is going to be a billboard somewhere. Um, Because once you upload it online on any of these platforms, you have lost control of where that picture goes. Oh, my goodness. Holy bananas. <laughs> it reminds yeah. me, actually, um, you are reminding me of a story that some dear friends of mine went through, not a military family, okay? Um, I actually went to college with this girl, and they have the most beautiful children, absolutely gorgeous children. And their daughters, like two-year-old daughters' photos were being lifted from their Facebook profiles and put on kiddie porn websites across That's actually Eastern very Europe. Common. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they had, the to sh- they had to remove people. everything. Yeah, you can't. You have to be very cautious of what you put up about your children. I mean, even the most innocent pictures, you know, like a child in their bathing suit or something like that, or just you know, a baby in a diaper. You know, what we would feel is very benign. Um, those images are lifted. Some of them are doctored. Um, and then they live on the dark web with some really nasty stuff. Um, so I, this will lead into another topic, but your child's digital identity is very important, and you need to protect that early on. Um, because as I said earlier, once you put any picture up there, even if you delete it, it's still living somewhere, and you have lost yes. control of that photo. Holy bananas. I want you to know I want to go through right now and just take away everything about my kid. Like, and never mention his name again. And be like, no one take pictures of my child ever again. Yeah. Um, no, and it was, that's, and that's how they found it, actually. The photo had been doctored, and somebody, they had figured it out because the person who was actually taking their kids, their daughter's photo, stupidly contacted them via messenger on Facebook and that's how they figured it out. They had to go to the police. They had to shut down their accounts. They had to do, I mean, 
And they had to go to the police a number of times to go to the cybersecurity division, I guess, in the police department. And and if I'm not mistaken, I think it went up higher and went into a case at a higher level because it was, of course, the picture was being shared overseas. Yeah. I mean, it was really scary. It was one of those things that I, it, it was, it really served, and this was probably six or seven years ago now, it served, it became a huge wake-up call for me. You know, I was like, wow, yeah, this is, that's a whole lot to deal with, and that's your baby. That's your baby. It, it's, it's one of those things, this is not stuff that only happens in the movies anymore. This is not stuff yeah. that you just randomly hear about because, you know, it's a famous person. You cannot have the mentality of it's not going to happen to me. Because by the time you find out about it, it's so far past the point of you being able to really control it that yeah. you find yourself in very dangerous situations. So you cannot have the it won't happen to me mentality. Because for every person that says that, I have case files, you know, five, six, seven feet deep of people who said it's not going to be my child. Goodness, goodness. Okay, so another question for you. In this era of social media and blogging and now podcasting, things of that nature where we are just, we overshare. We, I mean, we really yeah. do. We, that's what people do. We overshare. Um, and, and, you know, I might have some really stringent Facebook privacy settings on my Facebook profile, and so does my husband. But I, I have to recognize that my friends may not and do not. And um, and I, you also have to take a certain risk by going on to social media sites. You have to know the risk by going onto these sites and signing up and saying, hey, I want a Twitter account or I want Instagram. What are some of the best ways we can protect ourselves on social media as military family members? Realize that no matter what you put out there, may be the missing piece that someone else needs. Um, and realize that the military community is, for the most part, 1% of the U.S. population. For global cyber criminals, terrorists, etc., that is a very small population to focus on. So yeah, you is. don't want to highlight the fact that you are a military family on these profiles. Um, now, taking a step back from that, when you write for Military.com or Military Spouse Magazine, or you have a public um, persona, if you will, like you and Dave, you guys are hosts of this show, realize that you can have two different personas. Um, you can have the public Susan Reynolds and maybe oh. share in ways that don't necessarily identify you the way you are. Um, you know, your husband can have a different name than what he actually does. And you have the public Susan Reynolds profiles, if you will. Then you can have the private, which may not be your last name. It may be, you know, your middle name is your first name and your first name is your last name um, to where you're the one controlling who you invite to your profile. Um, you know, it, you can have public and private entities, 
as far as your image goes, if you will. You know, if you have a very popular blog or something, just realize everything you're putting out there can be traced back to your social media. If you share links back and forth, if your personal account is linked to a business page, etc. So really take the time and realize that what you've already got out there you can't control. But maybe from this day forward, you start separating pages. You can create new accounts. Um, there's nothing wrong with editing your friends list. Um, you know, if you don't have their phone number right now, they probably should be on your social media. Yeah, you know what? I'm nodding. I wish you could, again. I wish you could see me. I'm nodding along. I think Dave. Dave is laughing, but he's right. You know, we're nodding along. Yeah. No, I heard, yeah. uh, you know, you were, you're, I, I can tell you are taking mental notes, Susan. I really can. Oh, yeah. And you were like, oh, my gosh, I am so screwed. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, I am. I'm a little worried. Like, oh, my gosh. But you, well, know, you know what I've noticed? But I used to, so here's where I'm concerned, Alex, okay? So I used yeah. to write a column as well for a newspaper. I mean, it was, it was really, you know, I was out there. I mean, I used to walk into target and because there was my my picture next to my column people would be like hey susan that was a really great column on sunday i'm like thanks random person right like thanks stranger (laughs) and (laughs) i mean which go which okay so i took it as a as a blessing because i thought hey that means somebody's actually still buying newspapers that's really cool yay i still have a job right (laughs) so yeah but at the same time that was unnerving well, and it's one of those, you can write under a pseudonym. Maybe you're writing under your maiden name and not your married name. Um, you uh-huh. know, take a page from the news anchors. Um, a lot of female news anchors, what their on-air name is, is not what their off-air name is. Um, and there again, what's already out there is already out there. Um, but realize when you have public profiles the way some military spouses do, um, for your job, for instance, Realize that you now lose some of the privileges of being a private citizen. You are now a public figure. If you are the spouse of someone in any sort of command or any sort of forward-facing role, by default, your service member has now become a public figure. So luxuries that are provided to private citizens no longer apply. you know, you, you think about commands on bases, their pictures are plastered everywhere. They're speaking oh, yeah. for the base. They're now the faces of the base. So those yep. families have an even higher elevation of needed privacy. Um, and, and Dave and I have talked about this many times, how we used to be a nation of consumers. We received our information from news channels, from newspapers, from magazines. There has been a cultural shift from consuming our news to having to be the one to produce it. There's now pressure to have YouTube channels and have an account on every social media and have a following, et cetera. And in that, we have lost the valued sense of privacy. Not everybody needs to know every single thing about you. It's okay to put things out there that aren't necessarily true. Um, You know, your, your spouse may be in the Army, but you can just say he's a member of the armed forces. You don't need to specify which branch. Um, oh, I like that. Okay. It, it's one of those where 
you know, it's 10% truth. I'm not lying to you, but I'm not giving you away personally identifiable information that isn't necessarily readily public available. Um, you need to safeguard your privacy. If it's not something that I can only learn from being inside your home or being a close personal friend, it should not belong on any of your social media at all because there's enough public search engines and enough um, data aggregation sites out there that I can learn virtually everywhere you've lived for the last 30 years, everyone that's associated with you. I can search Google to get pictures. Um, I can track you down to where your child's going to school because somebody put their picture on the PTA website. Um, so you really need to own the responsibility of your privacy again. Because for the most part, privacy doesn't exist because we have become a culture of oversharers. So there's that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, no, and you've just got me thinking. So it's I've been doing little mental prep all week since we, since we said, hey, we're going to get Alex on the show, right? And yeah. just last week, I, or just in the last few days, I read the most interesting article out of, a, uh, out of Russia, a woman – was taking photos of people on their subway. I don't know if they call it a metro or subway or whatever they call it. In, you know, I don't know what me. they call it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I saw that from you, where she was able to do a, use facial recognition and found their social media profiles on, on the Russian version of Facebook. Yeah. And I thought, holy bananas, that is absolute yeah. insanity. That's some craziness right there. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things where, like, Walmart is going to test facial recognition software to determine unhappy customers. They haven't done it yet, but they're talking about doing it. Um, if you have a Roomba vacuum, depending on what model it is, it's mapping your house and can sell that data. Um, Great. If you use Siri, if you use... Alexa, if you use any of those, all of those devices are constantly listening for action words, and those are living on servers. Um, so it, it becomes a point of, is the risk worth the reward? Is saving a few seconds by saying, Alexa, I want X, versus going online and clicking through Amazon, worth having Alexa listen to every single thing that's going on in your house at any given time. I think the answer to that one pretty much is it depends upon your level of of uh, paranoia. Well, it's it's one of those information is big money. Whether it's for marketing, whether it's for health, whether it's for safety. Um, you know, your Fitbit is tracking every single thing about you. I can tell when your heart rate goes up. It's only a matter of time before in, uh, employers are using those, if they're not already, because some companies are, to determine a health benefit. You know, are you actually getting the 10,000 steps that you say you are to get this $50 credit? Maybe, maybe not. Wow. Um, you know, it's one of those where people are using their devices to unlock their cars, etc. Well, all those networks are connected. It's the Internet of Things. If your stove can talk to your phone, that can talk to your home alarm, that can talk to your computer, that can talk to your Amazon account, that can talk to your Apple phone, that can unlock your car, 
at what point do you really have control over any portion of your life? Good grief. Think about. <laughs> Good right? grief. You're getting Here worried. Comes I feel that. That's Alex. Oh my gosh. I feel so overwhelmed right now. I want to take down everything. I never want to. Yeah. And I'm also really thankful right now that I don't have a smartphone. I just want to throw that out into the universe. I don't have a smartphone. Yeah. Yay. The flip phones were pretty awesome. But, you know, it's one of those. Her, it's again, you know, it's, I think this is now the world that we live in. How are you going to adapt to live in this world where someone or something somewhere, for the most part, is tracking every single thing you do? Yeah. What steps are you going to take to protect what privacy you can? Well, and, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the thing you have to understand that people have to. That is the key question right there. Is your privacy important to you? Because if it is, you'll make steps to protect it. If it isn't, you won't. Um, Exactly. And then depending on how much you value your privacy, if you see that someone does not value their privacy, the next question you have to ask is, do I want that person around me? Well, I mean, get back to to the old school. You know, everybody has that member of the family that can't keep their mouth shut. Yeah. They just can't do (laughs) it. Yes. Yeah, I should have. Everybody has that person. Or everybody has that neighbor or someone they've come in contact with where it's like, I love you, but I can't tell you anything. Um, And think of the Internet and this new age as that relative, that friend, to where whatever you put out there, you no longer have control of who shares it. Um, And really think about you might not be so concerned about your privacy, but at this stage in the game, until your child is 18, you're in charge of theirs. So whatever yeah. you're putting out about them, depending on their age, obviously, ask their permission. Because what's going to happen is in 10, 15, 20 years when your child is out there looking for a job, any story or picture you've put out about them will be searchable. Do you want the story about potty training or those awkward teenage year pictures to show up in employment screens? Or maybe they want to have a public figure role. All of that is going to be fair game for anyone and everything. So really, it's it's important to not only look at it for you, but what decisions have you already taken away from your child as an adult by putting all of this out there? Okay, so that brings me to something that I think about frequently because, of course, a lot of people know why I started advocating. I did it for my child. Yes. And that story is out there. I mean, that story is out there. There's no recapturing that story. It's been out there for too many years now. But that's all right. You know, I'm okay with that. I, I, I assessed that risk before I made that a public story, right? Yes. And I thought... If I can help one family, if we can make a difference in one family's life, then I'm going to take that risk. But you're right. It's something to think about because eventually that risk changes. Like, so I look at the mommy blogs out there where they talk about their kids and maybe they go by different names for their kids. They might call them, you know, you know, like 
I don't know, give me a funny nickname that you would have for a kid, you know, like, you know, I don't know. I can't think of anything. Why can't I think of, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Or tiny human, right? So they're looking at their tiny human. There's tiny human one, tiny human two, tiny human three. And they're like, tiny human one today did blah, 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 blah. And, but you're putting this on a public blog now, right? And that's fine because that's your choice. But now that's putting out your child's information too without their consent, especially as they start to get older. You know, Ian, Ian is getting older and I, I stop and I think, would he want me to talk about some of these things? I really stop and think about that. And if I'm stopping and thinking about it, that means I, that means I need to ask him and make him involved in this process. So that's what I do when well, I talk about, when I talk to, because I, I feel, you know, he's all, you know, I feel that he deserves to have a say in what I share about his life, Right. And so I tell him, hey, I'm going to be on Capitol Hill. I'm going to be, you know, talking about you. Is there anything you don't want me to say? And he's like, yeah, don't tell him about that time I picked my nose and rubbed my boogers on your face. And I was like, oh, I won't. Trust me. That's one I'm definitely not going to share, right? (laughs) You know? And I'm like, because that was really gross, kid, right? You know, so it's funny stuff like that. He's always like, don't do that. But he, but he does ask, you know, will this help someone? And it's, uh, it's very thoughtful that he does. But I want him to understand that I'm sharing his information because I think he needs to know that. And I guess at his age, it might be too big of a concept. So when can we start talking to our kids about this stuff? About it from your own personal perspective. Like we're at the age where all of our embarrassing pictures are sitting in someone's basement in between acid pages that will probably never see the light of day. Hallelujah. So in that respect, we're lucky, right? Yeah. So think <laughs> Not about, in our house. Not in our house. I got them all scanned in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dave. Um, oh, Dave. But, you know, think about it from your perspective. You know what your parents have on you, if you will. How much of that would you have wanted to have been out there? <laughs> if you would True. want the story about you doing whatever on a billboard. Don't put it out there about your child. Hmm. If your child is old enough to have the conversation to go to school, that's when you start talking about it. Because much like sex ed, you want them to talk about it with you first. You want to have the rules in your house about this is what we do online, this is what we don't do online, and let them see you do that. Put your devices down and engage and have the discussions about mom or dad needs to do this for work, but I take these steps to protect us. And start having those conversations because what happens is by the time they're in middle school, most of these kids already have secret accounts that they're either accessing from school, friends' devices, Mm. or their own devices. Right. And I equate it to driving a car. You wouldn't give the five-year-old keys to the car and say, see ya. Right? If if you did, I would fully expect an investigation to happen. But realize an electronic device is significantly more dangerous 
than a five-year-old behind the wheel of a car because they are one or maybe two clicks away from anyone in this world, good and bad. And they are one click away from content they're not ready for. Yeah, so no, you you're need right. To start having the conversations with your child really as soon as they can talk. Because someone should not be taking pictures of them that you haven't authorized. Coaches should not be taking pictures of kids to post online. Your school should not be taking pictures of kids to post online that you haven't authorized. You know, the, the forms are now starting to go home. Yes, I want my kids' picture in the yearbook. Yes, I'm okay with them on Facebook. Yes, I'm okay. Remove that privilege because if you give them that blanket right to use your child's image, it can be used long after you've moved on. You are now responsible for your child's safety online and in the world because the reality is if they have a device in their hand, they can access anything and everything. And most of the time they're not ready for it. Um, oh, you're right. Yeah. You know, it, it's well, one and- of those where – oh, go ahead. No, it's, it's, it's interesting because we, we have – We've had the discussions in our home when, you know, during TDYs and deployments, we don't talk about it. Not outside of the home. Not outside of these people. You can say it to yeah. these people, and that's it. You don't tell your friends because you don't, you know, and, and, I, and I don't want to make him feel isolated, my child to feel isolated, that he can't talk to somebody but I let him know these are the people in your life that you can share this information with, right? And I got to tell you yeah. something, even at his young age, he got that. He got it. He goes, ooh, kids it's are a secret. Smart. Yeah. He's very, you know, kids are way smarter than we give him credit for. And he goes, ooh, secret? I was like, yes. And this is the only, these are the only people you can share this secret with. Oh, okay. So I made it into kind of a yeah. game, right? And he thought that was really exciting. And, well, and, you know, well, you why know not? We've, we've cautioned. It's, you know, it's no longer stranger danger, if you will, because yeah. in all of the cases that I've been a part of in helping really uh, police, FBI, et cetera, um, do some of their community outreach. Crimes against children now have an 87% connection to some sort of online something. Oh, wow. Whether it's an app, whether it's texting, whether it's, you know, what they're downloading. And it goes back to the it's not going to be my child. Predators will groom children online for months and years yes. before they ever do anything about it. And most of the time, when we go back and go, okay, let's go from crime to the beginning, the parents had no idea. Yeah. I didn't realize they had this app. I didn't know that's what this did. And it's, why did your seven-year-old have a computer in their room? Why did your five-year-old have this device? Why did your teenager have the ability to connect to all these sites and you not know? And, you know, I've encountered people who are like, well, it's my child. They deserve some privacy. Absolutely. 
but nothing online is private. You can yeah. control what your children are doing because they're, again, I've seen it in third, fourth, fifth graders that I've talked to. They have apps that are calculators that are hiding hidden pictures. They have all these hidden personas online. Instead of when we were younger, you know, if you wanted to act a certain way or if you wanted to test out a new identity, if you will, maybe you wanted to be a little bit edgier, a little bit sportier, whatever it may be, you did that in the real world. Kids are now yes. doing that online, and they may have multiple personalities. And if you're not monitoring their activity, you're in trouble because it becomes not an if but a when. And like in my house, the rule is if you want privacy, you write it in a journal. I won't look at that because in 10, 15, 20 years, you have the ability to destroy that paper. If you write it online anywhere, it will never go away. So anything that happens on the electronics, I know about. Their devices plug into my room when it's bedtime. I know if alerts and dings and texts and everything are coming in because, A, if it's a kid, I'm having a conversation with their parents. Why are they texting my child at 11 o'clock at night? If it's no an joke. app or a message or a notification, I'm now really looking at what's going on because there again, why is it pinging my child in the middle of the night? And as a parent, if you are going to give your child a device, even if it's your device, you need to be able to see what's going on with it. What is being texted? Who are they texting? Are they making plans to meet? Understand that Snapchat is not something that goes away. Talk to them about not taking pictures of their body. Talk to them about who they share information with online. Because someone that pretends to be a 13-year-old girl is most likely not a 13-year-old girl. And really start to have those conversations where you can't be afraid to talk to your kids about sex anymore because it's already out there and they know so much by the age of be afraid that your child's going to talk to you about Minecraft or musically or any of these other games and events that these kids are interacting on. You need to be able to speak their language because that's how they're connecting with their peers. It's no longer going to the playground or riding their bikes around the neighborhood. They're now connecting with people in different countries and they're on different teams and they're building these identities that you need to know about. It's your child and it's your responsibility to protect them for a world that 95% of the time they're not ready for. And really have those conversations early. If your child knows how to turn on a device and get to any app at 24 months, at 36 months, then you need to start saying, okay, not okay, because they can understand that. And can no longer turn the blind eye to this and say it won't be my child because eventually it will be. And military children are even more at risk because they're more at risk for isolation and bullying and really the behaviors online of connecting somewhere because their roots are so often moved. So they'll connect with people that they knew three bases ago online, which is great. If social media is used appropriately, that's what you want. You want to maintain those connections because we as spouses and family members do the same thing. It's not saying don't use it. 
it's know how to use it safely. Talk to them about the parameters of how you're comfortable using it and monitor it. Until they're 18, they have no privacy online as far as you're concerned. Now, I know people will debate that with me, and that's okay. Because you may say, my child is mature enough to handle it. That's fine. Every child is different. Every parent's different. Every duty station is different. These rules will yeah. change. But you can't be afraid to talk about it. No, you're right. You're right. There are... Ian, Ian came home from camp the other day, right? And he made a a cell phone, right? With mm-hmm. Snapchat. He called it Snapchat instead of Snapchat. Yep. Right? Which just makes us laugh and we're not even bothering to correct it, right? And of course, you know, he gets to see the filters and everything. And I and I looked at him and I was like, how, how the heck do you know what Snapchat is, right? And he goes, oh, um, you know, somebody there has it on their phone. And I said, are they, are they taking pictures of you? I asked and he goes, well, yeah. And I said, nope, we're going to put an end to that. And immediately I yeah. called up the camp and I said, I think it's nice that the counselors want to uh, do these fun little filters with the kids, but I don't recall giving them permission to take pictures of my child with their cell phones. And I heard crickets, yeah. crickets on the other line, right? And I mean, like, seriously, it was like, hello? Hello? Is anyone there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yep. no, we're here. We're here. I said, oh, good. So then you'll put a stop to this because I didn't give you written authorization to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to be, I, you know what? I don't even care what I'm trying to be. I'm not even going to apologize for this one. If I'm that mom, good. Because that's my kid. I don't appreciate that. I didn't sign anything saying that it was net, that they could do that. In fact, when I did sign him up for camp, I said that they couldn't take pictures of him. So what are they doing? Right? And, and yep, I have a huge, yeah, huge issue with that. And but that's my, you know, that's the thing is parents have to be, as parents, we really need to be aware of what's going on because it's different now. It's not how it was when I was a kid and it was just the schoolyard bully or the bully in yeah. housing because I grew up in military housing. It's, it's very different now. Um, I remember when I was in college getting my, education degree and there was a case that came out of either Wisconsin or um, Minnesota or something like that. And I think we've talked about this before on the show. I've mentioned it before briefly and the mother helped her teenage child build an online profile so that they could make fun of and cyber bully this boy in her high, in her daughter's yep. high school. Right. And yep. um, and the child ended up committing suicide. And the mother, you know, they laughed about it. They thought it was, you know, because when he found out what was going on, he committed suicide, right? And the mom could not figure out why she was being arrested and why she was also being held responsible. I don't know, lady. Why don't you think about your behavior and what you encouraged your child to do and participated in? People you know? are emboldened online because they think oh, yeah. there's this level of being anonymous that, I hate to tell people in theory exists, but if I want to find you, I can find you. Um, oh, yeah. We know exactly what IP address it came from. We know what city. We know what state. And it's only a matter of time before we would knock at the door. 
So you may think you're being anonymous, and there are ways to be anonymous, don't get me wrong, but for the average person, they don't have that level of knowledge or the capabilities to make it happen. But you need to be, as most military spouses and family members are, the advocate for your child in all aspects of their life. It's not just track here. It's not just, you know, getting them into the good school in the neighborhood, you know, when you've moved in halfway through the year and you're getting flack from the school board. It has nothing to do with that. That's the way everybody normally advocates for their child. It now yeah. takes the place of that. You need to be doing it in every aspect of their life and ask those questions, like when they go to camp or when they go to school or when they're participating on those teams. Are you taking pictures of my children? Because if you are, I'm not okay with that. And realize that based on what your spouse is doing at any given time, those may become more lax. They may become more uh, strict. But I can promise you, for all of those spouses that had to deal with the ISIS watch list, you won't find them yeah. on social media anymore. There's a reason why. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's just crazy, this, the, the stuff that's out there and how to be mindful and how to pay attention. And and I look at my, my parents, especially, who did not grow up in a computer generation. I mean, they did not. They're baby boomers, so they didn't grow up with computers. Um, so, and, and, I, and I'm always, I pay very close attention to them because, a dear friend of mine, her mother did fall for one of those scams. I need money. I'm trapped overseas. I mean, and 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 she actually called up her daughter and she said, you know, there's this service member who's trapped overseas. Um, he can't get home. And, and her daughter said, you know, mom, you know, that's a scam, right? What? It's a scam? How do you know? Because they wouldn't leave them. They don't do that. You don't have to pay. They don't have to take a private jet, you know, a private airplane or pay for a commercial flight to fly home. That's not how it's done. Oh, you know, and and, and there and again, it's not just yeah. conversations with the kids. It's conversations with in-laws and siblings yeah. and cousins. And, you know, don't put their mailing address out there on Facebook for them to send care packages. Yeah. Text them. Yes. Yes. Well, and I also think about what was it just a couple of years ago, and I don't know if this scam has been stopped or if it's just taking a break at this moment. The big IRS scan scam. Dave, did oh, you hear about this one? I, I have. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because I received a bunch of those phone calls. Hey, the IRS wants to sue you. And I was like, sure they do. Well, they're sure. still going on. They're still going <laughs> yeah. on. They've just gone to more rural America. Yeah. But apparently, from what I was told by the um, the North Carolina Attorney General's office, and this was a, about a year or so ago, there had been a number of North Carolinians who had fallen for that and lost everything, life savings, all of it gone. And so we became very aggressive in this state trying to put a stop to it and working closely with military personnel in North Carolina and, of course, you know, civilians to ensure that they knew what was going on. But it was one of those things that I saw and I was like, well, 
First of all, this is going to sound crazy. You got to kind of give props to somebody who would think about that because that's not something I would ever think about. <laughs> An IRS scam. I would have never thought that one. I got I can't lie. Um, and then you have to. I, I sat back in absolute awe of how brazen they were. Right? Like that's brazen behavior. Wow. Yep. Wow. But it's a sad commentary also, on today's event uh, on today's society as well. Because I mean, like you're saying, you you it it's to think of a scam like that to be able to play out, even in just thinking about it. There's a lot of moving parts, and they did a really yeah. they really did it. It was engineered rather smoothly, and um, it it preyed upon people's belief of, of stories they've heard that you can't take somebody big to court because you're just going to lose. They have lawyers that'll keep it in play forever. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's just not true. People, yeah. People have been saying that for years and, and there are so many, where do these, these strange ideas come from? Where do these urban legends come from? They come from our fears and, and yeah. just because we're afraid of it, doesn't mean we need to make up a story to solidify our fear or to be able to express our fear to somebody else because that other person may not have thought about that fear and now all of a sudden are scared and you start a panic. And it's like, uh-huh. it's, it's, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, like you were talking about how the kids, how soon do you talk to your kids about it? And I'm of the firm belief that you start talking to your children from the day they are conceived and are still in the womb. You talk to them like adults because that's what they're going to hear for the rest of their lives anyway. All this baby talk crap that I hear all the time from mothers and fathers and uncles and aunts and grandparents. Oh, God, God, you're so cute. Oh, you're so, so cute. I think that is crazy. That kid's looking at you like, are you nuts? I, I've been hearing the television. I have been hearing you talk to, to the other adults in the rooms, and that's what I'm used to hearing. And now you're telling me all this really goofy stuff. I'm sorry. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm going to start emulating Gaga Goo Goo. And instead of emulating, hi, how are you? It's good to see you. I'm so pleased that you're here. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. You, you teach your kids, you start filling their brains up with the words they're going to use forever and ever and ever and ever. I, I look at that as, as you know, you're talking about how you talk to Ian early on in life. That's perfect. Because he has started filling up his well of, of verbiage and knowledge with solid, solid values instead of waiting until later. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm almost 70 years, I'm almost 60 years old. And you know what I'm, I've determined why I have a hard time remembering things? I have too much to remember. I, <laughs> I agree. I do too. I, I didn't forget anything. It just keeps loading on more and more and more and more. I mean, when will the barrel overflow? Yeah. But as kids, no, but as kids with kids, it's an empty can. Start filling it up with, with good, solid logic and good, solid knowledge. Or fill it no, up with right, fears, and, fears and crazy things like you can't fly and uh, don't do that or you'll put your eye out. I mean, you can tell them crazy stuff like that. They'll believe it for the rest of their lives. Yes. 
Yes, you do have to be careful with some of the things that you tell them. You have to be careful with because everything. Because I totally have made up some stuff. I've totally made up some stuff that my kid believes now, and I'm like, oh, great. That backfired. I told my, my son, he started. <laughs> he wanted to get on Facebook, right? When it first, when it originally started getting up, my kids all wanted to be on Facebook. And I thought about that really hard and serious. And it's like, okay, yeah, you can be on Facebook. Well, it won't let me on until I'm 15. Well, you're 10 now. Uh, you think you can handle it? Well, what all? What do you mean? You think I can handle it? So you're going to find people on there that are crazy. You're going to find people on there who are lying to you. You're going to find people on there who know that you can't see them, and they're going to tell you anything in the world. So kind of have to treat it like it's a a video game. Ain't real. Yep. And yep. They're like. Well, Dave, we're getting ready to run down our time. I wanted oh. to do one more commercial and then thank Alex and see if she could give us like some quick tips before we are out of time. So you want to do that then? Run the commercial now? <laughs> yes, let's run the commercial now. Alex, we'll be right back. Okay. When I'm with the fleet, I'm known as Petty Officer Lopez. But at home... Honey, can you get this down for me? I'm just Tony, and that's fine with me. We know home is at the heart of every military family. That's why we founded Armed Forces Insurance, to protect the property of our fellow servicemen and women. Call 1-800-633-2006 for a no-obligation auto, home, or renter quote. Or visit www.afi.org. At Armed Forces Insurance, our mission is you. And we're back. And we're back. Thank you, Armed Forces Insurance, for being our sponsor. We really appreciate it. I love it, Dave. I love you. That's awesome. Alex, we have about six and a half minutes left. What kind of tri- what kind of tips can you give us to make sure that we are safe? And um, when can we have you back? <laughs> um, you can have me back whenever you want me. Um, Yay! Some of the big things are just realizing that even though you don't feel it's an important piece of information, it may be the only thing that the adversary doesn't have yet. Um, so okay. in some of these semi-private um, groups, the spouse pages, the base pages, even the quote-unquote secret pages, um, which there's nothing secret on Facebook, um, yeah. you know, be mindful of what you're saying and think of everything as if it were going to be a billboard not only in the United States but in the heart of some of these very dangerous countries. Um, so be mindful of the pictures that you have as profile pictures, as cover pictures, as pictures you put up there in general, um, especially if you have not turned your location settings off uh, because that metadata that's in the photos translates to within about 30 feet of where that picture was taken. So that's a big one um, is turn off location settings for any of your social media accounts. And How can you I've done that. Can you find that, that information on your on your on your pictures and and remove it? I mean, how? No, once it's on there, it's on there. Ugh. And it's even it's even on things that you take with the larger like DSLR, Canon, and Nikon cameras. If you do not turn that feature off, automatic. And once you've uploaded those pictures, that data is in there. It does not go away. Um, so about the only way to no. do it then is about the only way to do it then is like to take it into a a, a paint program and load it up as its it's as its um, JPEG file that's it's what it came in as and it got recorded as yeah. and then save it as a PNG with nothing. 
and it's that's about the yeah. only way. Yeah, but even that, you want to be really mindful of not having something that identifies you as the military. Don't make it easy. Um, there's nothing saying don't be proud of your service member. That, that's not what I'm saying. But realize that there are some photos that need to be posted in the home, and the majority of them do not ever need to see the light of day online. Um, and that goes for, like, your children as well. First day of school pictures, everybody, if they haven't done it, has seen the friend that has, my name is, I'm going into X grade, my teacher is X, I want to be an astronaut yeah. when I grow up, my favorite colors, whatever. Yep. You have now given me every piece of information I need to talk to that child as if I know them. Yeah. Don't That's do why that. I don't do that That's stuff a picture. With, with my kid. Yeah. But there again, you can take the picture. Put it in a Oh, I take the picture, but I don't do all that other nonsense. But you don't post it. You know, yeah. it, it's one of those, put the filter on, if I was an enemy wanting to hurt your family, could this picture help me do that? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not putting their names on their backpack. Um, it's having, you know, code words at school even. You know, if somebody doesn't say this word, you don't go with them. Um, it, it's really being mindful of the images that you're putting out there about you. And realizing once this information is out there, it never comes back. So you might say, well, they'll be home by Susie's birthday. Okay. Technically, you haven't violated anything with OPSEC. You haven't given a date. You haven't said they'll be home by Christmas, any of that. But the reality is, is if I can't find it on your page, I will find it on someone you're associated with of when Susie's birthday is. Yeah. So just don't talk about it. It's just that simple. If people need to know when they're coming home, they already know. And if it's a relative, it's in a phone call. It's not on social media. Yeah. Be mindful of what you're posting because you don't know who's on the other side of these accounts, who's been hacked, who's been spoofed. I mean, think about how many people we know in the MSOI community that have had multiple profiles built. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That aren't? So, yeah. Huh. Okay, so uh, Alex, can you yes. send us information that we can share with families? Can you do that? Will you Will you do that? I'm sure you can, but will I you? I sure can, um, but the other easy thing to do is on Facebook, there is an OPSEC page that I help run with all of the service member OPSEC teams, and it's facebook.com slash OPSEC for families, and they'll find... Okay anything and everything they could possibly want to know on there, and then they can always message us um, to get service-specific answers, or maybe they've seen something online they don't know about. Um, but, yeah, there's so much on there, both in the pictures and in the posts. It's really it's a great tool to use. Okay, great. Well, we are now one minute out. I'm going to start playing our exit, and I just want to say, Oh, I think it started. Yay. There it goes. And I just wanted to say thank you, Alex, for being – I was like, where did it go? I can't hear anything. There You're it is. You're so welcome. I look forward to more. Yeah, and then we're going to make sure we share that Facebook page, too, because I think families need to understand this, and I think that we need to be mindful of our, our privacy, what little we have now. So thank you again, and, um, and you're awesome, my friend. Oh, I miss you guys. Stay, stay we off. miss you. <laughs> Dave, you're awesome too. You know I love you. I miss most everything.
We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the only podcast worthy of all military spouses, Spouse Spouts with Susan Reynolds and Dave Etter. May the rest of your day, your week, your you time be better time after spending this time with us. Until next time, coffee on. 